What's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night for those who like to keep the days of the week. It is episode also 69, and Big Sarge will be joining us here momentarily as he is, of course, coming in at Central Time from Texas Time. So I'm pretty sure you all have the, uh, he'll be on with us here momentarily. So uh, tonight we'll be talking to him. We'll find out everything, what's going on uh, with his favorite team. Now, obviously, not ours because we are Eagles fans, but He'll be giving us a breakdown of what's going on with the Dallas Cowboys. So it will be interesting to hear what he has to say as far as what comes to Dallas, Dak Prescott, and everything else that's going on with Dallas, along with what goes on in his career and where he is at this point as he also is the co-host, if I'm saying it correctly, from In the Trenches with Andy Kalu on Sports Talk 790 from 11 to 1 Monday through Friday. So it'll be really fun. As soon as Big Sarge signs on here in the green room, we'll be able to bring him live with you guys. This week, of course, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks in six, and they got the job done. CP3 try to do it when it comes to Phoenix Suns, but I'm pretty sure maybe, hopefully, they'll be able to talk to CP3 and bring him back with the Phoenix Suns so he can finish off what they started. It was kind of tough because it looked for a moment that the Phoenix Suns were going to run away with it after having a 2-0 lead. And then, unfortunately, it ended up falling apart, and the Bucs went on to win it in four straight. So congratulations to the Bucs, your new NBA champs here for 2021. Uh, again, baseball is still underway, and all the other sports. And Tokyo is going to be quite interesting because apparently COVID is running rampant out there in Tokyo. There's not going to be any kind of closing ceremonies. There's no basically any kind of ceremonies whatsoever. And from what I understand also is that the – once the players are done doing their competition, they go home from there. So we'll be talking about that with Ryan and Nick. So let's get the show underway. Again, Big Sarge on with us later on tonight. As soon as he signs in, we'll bring him on. I'm Angel. This is episode 69, and we are Broad Street South. All right, and I, of course, I cannot do this favorite show of mine without my young beat writer, Nick Lisi. Ducky, here he comes. Ducky, what's going on today? How are you, sir? Angel, I'm doing incredible. The Bucks obviously won the finals on Tuesday. Giannis dropped 50, and then he went to Chick-fil-A Wednesday morning and got a 50-piece McNugget. What a, what a beast. Um, NFL COVID vaccine stuff is is flying wild. Obviously, we had Cole Beasley come out a few weeks ago, but now we're having DeAndre Hopkins and several other NFL players coming out against the vaccine. So I'm excited to chat with that with Big Sarge. And, of course, college football is heating up. Texas and Oklahoma came out today, and they're trying to join the, um, trying to join the SEC. And to my other ducky, it's going good, man. How about you? Well, listen, I'm good. It is today the hottest day again on record down here in Tampa, Florida, 97 degrees, and you can feel it. Like it was an absolutely bake fest. So you could definitely feel it. But hey. We expect it. It's a summertime, just the way it rolls around here. But uh, you're not that far away anyways in South Carolina. So it's it's warm from what I understand you watching the forecast. So I think we're we're in these sweltering days of summer. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was like 90 today. But when you walk outside, it feels like a, like a sauna. It's like, oh, my gosh, it's so humid and so hot. But 
I don't think the guns, I'm not even going to try it because it, <laughs> the guns may not be working well here as of late, but that's all right though. Thankfully though, health wise, I'm starting to finally come around where I can taste things again. And because that, listen, that Delta variant nonsense is just for the birds. So fought through it last week, but thankfully every day gets a little bit better and I'm finally starting getting smell back. So Thank God for that stuff. But thank goodness. We will bring on the other gentleman, the big super Sarge. I mean, not well, you know what? Sarge too there. But the the big gentleman that we know that we can't do the show without because the national correspondent last week was on assignment. I'm not even gonna say where he was because it was so secretive, not even we knew. But here is our national correspondent, Ryan F. Oh. So all we need is Pitbull Ryan and all we just all we gotta do is just fire it up, just woo and keep it going. What's new, Ryan? How are you? Everybody, I'm Ryan F. It's great to be with you this evening. And you know, before the NBA playoffs started, there was somebody right in the beginning who said that wouldn't it be something if the Milwaukee Bucks with no expectations would go on to win the NBA title? I hate when I'm right. I really hate when I'm right. And that's exactly what happened. And, of course, Angel was talking about CP3 trying to finish what he started. CP3 is not going to be there next year, brother. He's not going to be with the Suns next year. I don't know where he will wind up, but he won't be with the Suns. And today is July 22nd, 2021, and the Pittsburgh Pirates still suck. So I've got that going for me. So anyway, and again, and, and, and as a former Cowboys fan, watching Jerry Jones with his crocodile tears today or yesterday or whenever the hell it was, the man, I get sick of it. It's disgusting. It's, it makes me want to puke. He comes out with all this stuff now, trying to accept responsibility for why it ended with Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson and the whole nine yards. You know what? Don't wait 25 years to say it. Don't wait that long. No, you don't do that. But we'll talk to the Sarge about that, and we'll talk to the Sarge about all kinds of Cowboy stuff and whatever else is going on in Texas. I've got questions about the Cowboys that I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans want to know because as a former Cowboys fan, there's a lot of stuff that still gets in my craw. So we'll talk to him about that. But again, you know, the Bucks, I got to give it up to myself. You know, I did call up here. Now, I didn't pick the Bucks to win the title. I just said, wouldn't it be something that the Bucks are going into this playoff year with absolutely nobody expected them to do anything, nothing, and they wind up winning the title? No, that they didn't. And, and listen, I, I again. Oh, by the way, um, Jimmy Johnson left you a, a leftover message, and and he made sure before Big Sarge came on, he said, make sure that Ryan gets this, and and he will feel nostalgic. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and so, for you and Big Sarge, because I, I know you absolutely love the Cowboys so much, not, but uh, listen. Who and, and I, I'm almost certain. I believe you did say. I don't think you said seven. I'm almost certain that you did say Bucks and six. 
And apparently a lot of people did as well. And at, originally it seemed like that the Suns were going to run away with it. I mean, you're talking about a 2-0 lead. They had the momentum. And then I don't know if the gas just pretty much flew out of the tank and that was it for the rest of the season. I mean, CB3, I know it was a game four. He had a game five. <coughs> game four, he had a rough going. Uh, game five, seemed like he was going to turn around, end up you know, busting out 31 points, came up short. And then game six, well, it, it was all bucks, pretty much game six. 50 points out of Giannis. I mean, the, the guy played out of his mind. And and the interviews that I've seen with him on ESPN, it's been it, like he's just very humble. For someone who just won the MVP and winning the NBA championship, it, it's surprising. No, I don't want to say surprising because he, he's been humble since entering the league. But just him taking everything in, I think he actually may have said one maybe curse word throughout the whole entire interview process. Um, but it, it's humbling to hear the way he handled things. You talk about the Greek kids because, uh, God, I wish I could remember the lady's name that did the interview with him. Um, but she said, you know, how would the Greek kids feel at this point? Would they be idolizing what you're doing? And he said, I'm not here to be an idol. I'm just here to, to do things right. And hopefully if people follow me along the way, that's great. But I'm trying to do the best that I can for, you know, for Greece and, and for everyone who's been involved in my life. And I mean, it was just, it was so humbling to hear the way he handled himself. And I, I think it was a, a, a one hour interview post after all the celebration and everything else, just before they all cut away to do, you know, whatever they do. And, and I know they still got the parade and stuff coming, but Hey, listen, he said he doesn't, he could have, if he wanted to went to a super team and, you know, taking the easy route, but he says his intentions were to stay with Milwaukee. His intentions are to stay with, with Milwaukee. Drew Holiday, of course, the former Sixer, he got his ring. And I'm pretty sure they're probably going to make a good push for him to, to hang around come next year as well. So listen, you got to take your hats off to the Bucs. They, they got hot. I know some people were saying that they didn't like the schedule, I guess. They said, well, the Bucs had it easy. Well, I'm sorry, in the NBA, I don't think there's no such thing as easy because teams get hot at the right time, as we saw with the Hawks that they almost got super hot at the right time, but they fizzled out a little bit. But, hey, the, the Bucks have been hanging in there. They've been trying to make that run, trying to turn that corner. They finally did, and they're NBA champs. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible to uh, see. They did it the, the natural way where they drafted CP3. They or they drafted Chris Middleton, they, or they traded for Chris Middleton very early in his career. They drafted Giannis, and they, they got out there, got the right pieces, and – you know, things came right at the right time. So, you, I mean, you just have to be super proud of them. Giannis dropping 50 is just absolutely incredible. I mean, that's one of the best finals performances that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I think it's one that we'll ever see in our lifetime. So, it's just super, super grateful to be a basketball fan now. And, and now the offseason comes. Now we're going to talk about some Damian Lillard, some Ben Simmons, some, uh, you know, NBA draft is next week. So, it, it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be a basketball fan. What I'll say is this. You know, let's be honest. All right. The Suns got to the NBA Finals because Kawhi Leonard got hurt. Uh, the Lakers were not the Lakers. Um, the Bucks got to the NBA Finals because my boy Nick's team was beat up. Joel Embiid got hurt. Trey Young got hurt. But the Bucks did beat the Hawks with Giannis out. 
So it probably really wasn't what the NBA wanted to see a Suns-Bucks final. Mm-hmm. But I would have to, to admit that even though it was – now Phoenix is a decently big market team, Milwaukee not so much. But it still wound up to be a good series. But I... they both made it, you know, and I, I you know, try and use the, the, the term luck, like loosely. But you, you, you can't predict injuries. You can't predict stuff like that. But, you know, had things not gone – the way they did, do I think the Suns and the Bucks would have been in the final? No. Did Giannis have a hell of a finals? Yes. Did Phoenix have an answer for him? No. But CP3, you could tell throughout the whole series, even the first two games right. that he had decent games, you could still tell that he just was not himself. And I think that's what bit the Suns in the end because – Devin Booker could only do so much, and DeAndre Ayton could only do so much, and you had to rely on some of the other guys, but CP3 just wasn't himself. Yeah, listen, it, it's it's unfortunate, but I I hope they bring him back. And by the way, uh, where are my manners? As I completely forgot here in the very beginning. By the way, everyone, and thank you to Ducky and Tom, my cousin Angel Papo. Um, David, thanks you guys for tuning in tonight. We do appreciate it. We are live from the LG Direct Sales Solutions Studio, as I completely forgot. And while I'm at it, uh, everyone, I would hope by now that everyone knows, since Big Sarge right now is having technical issues, as he had told me not too long ago there in a message. And matter of fact, he just popped in. So hold on to that super thought that I was just about to bring on because at this point here, you know, it's funny because I'm trying to think, the way to bring in Big Sarge, and it's hard, and I will tell you the reason why it's hard, how to get an introduction for this man, because <clears throat> it's basically, he's like everywhere, anywhere and everywhere Big Sarge is going to be, he's everywhere. You Look up on Twitter, you can wake up in the morning and look at your phone like, oh, what's going on? Big Sarge is there. You look at BigSargeSports.com, and if I got the website correctly, he's there. I mean, everywhere you look, Big Sarge is there. And speaking about being everywhere, because if you look, again, if you click on, first of all, big BigSargeSports.com, it brings you to his website, which is absolutely fantastic. I like this, the Sergeant Stripes, and along with the, for some of us, don't like the drill instructor hats, but guess what? It's there, because some of us remember, just like our Army vet that's about to come on. But if you look on there, if you click on podcast, you will see, once again, where's Big Sarge? Oh, yeah everywhere the man is on now from sports talk radio 790 you're also talking about he's just consistently busy so with that being said i will bring on the man himself it's big sarge big sarge how are you hey what's going on y'all how y'all doing greetings from all the way down here in h-town you know how we are we loud down here because i'm from texas so and everything is big in texas and so wait okay quick story the uh-huh. reason why I always say, hey, because it's hard for me to remember names. When I was right. in the Army, they used to put the names on the top. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> Private Johnson, what's going on? I was like, you remember me, Sarge? I was like, of course I remember you. Like, not really. But so, hey, <laughs> is everybody's first name. Hey, how your mama doing, man? She all right? How your family? So <laughs> thank you all for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem. Listen, I, I, I feel you completely because what I end up doing, so I'm, I'm bad when it comes to names, unless it's like if I repeat it. So what happens with me and, and when I'm at the job site, 
during my normal work duty hours. But when I'm out there, like, let's just say your name was Tim and I can't remember. So I just walk up kind of like real, I try to so Jim, Bob, Tim, Tim. Yeah, Tim. So listen, I was just, I just ran into Jim and Bob over there. So I'm sorry, but, but you got to do it because you feel bad when you don't remember a name. So it's one of those things like, how can I do it? How can I do it? So unless I keep like saying the name over and over again, you Most can forget definitely. about it. But, Most definitely. Well, it makes, oh, there was one thing I do want to bring up there. There's one thing. Let me bring up my, my screen here again, because there's one thing that I actually liked and I, and I knew I was going to forget it, but I do remember real quick here. What I absolutely like here, and I'm going on the underline here where it says, I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Oh, and make people mad in the process. That <laughs> line is phenomenal. I like that line. That's a good one. Well, you know, it's because a lot of people, a lot of people don't want the truth. A lot of people want whatever's going to make them feel good. So whatever makes them feel good, that's what they want. Whether it be right, wrong, and different, it's like, when you tell it to me, do I feel good? I was like, I can lie to you all day and make you feel good, tell you what you want to hear. But when I tell you the truth, then you get upset. That's why I always tell people, too. It's That's why I always say, like, when it comes to opinions, I'd be like, you know, this is my opinion, not ours. Like, we don't mm -hmm. have to share this because it's mine. And so, and I apologize for the, um, the I'm having some bad internet, uh, internet connection here, so I apologize. But, yeah, so I just try to speak the truth and... You know, because the truth is something that can't be disputed or argued. So I, like I said, I apologize for for the internet connection. Yeah, no, listen, no problem. It, it happens. There's nothing. Every show, when as far as going live, just the way it works. It's when you, if you're just home practicing doing stuff, everything works flawless. <laughs> yes. The minute you go live, everything goes haywire. It just, it's the nature of the beast. That's the way it works. Yes. Now, the great thing was, and and because so I have my uh, my national correspondent Ryan, who's directly above me, and then right above him is Nick Lisi, who was my beat writer from Clemson. So uh, we got a sophomore here in the house. Hey! And, so, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But he's a uh, he's a sophomore there at at Clemson, and so he's uh, I was fortunate to meet him down at the NFL Experience. So he came on with us, and he's been having nothing but a lot of fun with the rest of us here. And the one guy that's not here that you can't meet tonight is our Godfather Vito Corleone. But he's a little <laughs> under the weather tonight, so unfortunately he couldn't make it. So hopefully he'll be fine. Oh, and another person that I would like to say as well, Miss Sonia from the Tampa Bay Lightning. She's in the hospital. Everyone, I hope that you keep her in her thoughts and prayers because she's fighting a, a pretty good fight right now. And I know they just celebrated their second Stanley Cup championship. We just interviewed her, actually, Big Sarge, about two weeks ago, and then she ends up in the hospital. So I uh, don't know exactly what's going on with her, but I know that, that uh, she's not doing too well. But hopefully, thankfully, and willingly that she's also not on her deathbed, but it, apparently she's battling something. And, and it, it could possibly be the Delta variant. We know that it's, it's going wild and crazy all over the place. So yeah. uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to Miss Sonia. But um, the one thing, so th what these guys don't know is that Andy Kalu had on a show, it's been probably close to almost two months now, maybe even a month ago, where he was talking about the Eagles and, and with, you know, with Dallas, as you guys are starting to kind of go a little bit on how the, the NFL was going to come around going into the season. And then you guys end up going to commercial break because someone had stated – not you, but but someone had stated that the Eagles were going to have a, a bad year or and or, you know, some other person called in. And they said something about it, it was going to be like the winds are going to be ridiculous. So I said that uh, 
Dallas would have as much wins as we were this year because they're pretty much on the same boat that we are. Even though Dallas has always picked and they've been picked for the last five seasons to win the division, but we've seen how it's happened with the Cowboys. But that led to obviously you being here today. But not only that, I, I've, I've, it's been a while for me to be able to try to catch up with the show because I've been so crazy busy. But it's fun to hear you and ND because you guys, it, it runs so smooth. And, and the, the guest you guys had on, the comedian. Uh, Billy, Billy's uh, Williams. Yep. Yes. That, yeah. listen, those three days, that was golden radio. <laughs> Man, that was gold. He's because really and the only thing that, that kind of obsessed me a little bit, and, and I guess selfishly speaking, because yes. you guys are on for two hours. And I wish you guys, I, like I know Sean has been on for a while and he comes on for, for four hours from six to 10. And then you guys come in right behind him. But it'd be nice for you guys to even to extend that additional hour if you guys end up if you could. But I know the you know the, the station handles things a little bit differently. But it's because there's so many shows that you guys have so much information and you try to cram it into those two hours that it's like you're you're left with wanting more, which is a good thing because that means yes. that someone tunes in the very next day. Yeah. But with the comedian, that was listen, those three days. You guys were just straight on fire because it was it was absolutely fantastic. So I wanted to tell you that now that you're here live. Thank you. I appreciate that. You missed the show with Sean Jones then when him and I went back and forth about uh, James Harden and KD and things like that. That was a good one, too. That was a two-day battle with Sean. Sean did not want to get rid of <laughs> Like, he did not want to lose. But he's a lawyer. And I'm saying to myself, okay, I get it. I know that you were one of the, the best to ever play the game of football. But I'm not backing down from you, even though you're six seven, and I'm looking up to you. I'm not going to bow down. I, I couldn't. I couldn't lose that fight. And so, but wait a minute. You mentioned the Cowboys. So wait, hold on. I got to do a wardrobe change. Hold on. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, oh boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm ready. And you know what? I, I will say this. First of all, you all have got one of the to me. When this is just to me, and don't get me wrong, I may be a little biased because. He's from Houston. I may be a little biased because I watched him play at Alabama. I may right. be a little biased because I watched him play at Oklahoma. And I may be a little biased because him, he, I mean, excuse me, his uncle and I went to the same school together. We're part of the same fraternity. So I've been watching him for a very long time. But I told you I was going to drop my hot take. I want to go ahead and get this thing started. Okay. I believe that if Jalen Hurts, that's if he stays, if you all don't trade him away, like some people are trying to say, but uh -huh. if he stays and they surround him with some good players, you'll have a better career than Donovan McNabb did with the Eagles. Now, listen, I, I will agree 1,000%. <laughs> I will bold. agree. That's, a, that's pretty bold right there. Yeah. No, but listen, I, I will agree. Games. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, and and by the way, as as uh, the former cowboy there, Ryan, um, Jimmy Johnson says he knew you were coming on tonight. He had a, a, a message for him and for you there tonight. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them cowboys? Yeah! <laughs> so Jimmy wanted to make yeah. sure that he got that out there. But no, listen, you're. I know there's a lot of people in Philly. Don't get me wrong. That love Donovan McNabb. Uh, I, I think basically he came up short. Great guy, don't get me wrong. Personally, it is it, humongous heart. I mean, just would do anything for anybody. But when it came to the career that he had in Philly, he was either love or hated. And obviously, when the draft came up, and you know, it, it was it, it was a hated thing when it came to Donovan. But 
He tried to do the best that he could. The only thing I will say also about Donovan, at least he did take a lot of the fault where he took blame on things that if he knew that things didn't go right the way they're supposed to have, Donovan did own up to it. Now, as the years went by, he tried to get better. You know, he tried to get a little more of the comedic side. He played his little air guitar from here and there when, when things would happen. Obviously, when T.O. came to town, uh, it became a whole different story, which I wish things would have worked out differently back in 2003 because for what T.O. did to make that recovery, to come back in the Super Bowl, man, I, I, there hasn't been – I don't think any other athlete to come back that fast to be in that big game the way T.O. did. But that there's going to be a story all tell book when it comes to that stuff. But when it comes to Jalen Hurts, I'll agree. Jalen has the talent, and I think that's where he's not getting a fair share. I know a lot of people are saying, why in the world did we end up picking them during the draft? I, I was surprised just like everybody else. But now, to me, it's fine. I think Jalen should be the starting quarterback. But then there's rumors that apparently was said on one Philly sports station today that there's a 90% probability that someone from the Texans will end up here by the name of Deshaun Watson. So then, Big Sarge, it makes you wonder a little bit. So you have Jalen Hurts now, who's trying to get his feet wet, who's trying to carry the momentum from this team from last year, a la Doug and that nonsense he did on the very last game. But he's trying to carry the momentum and turn things around. He's got a, a new young head coach with Nick Sirianni. But now you decide you want to bring Deshaun Watson in here. It's almost one of those things like, okay, so we were supposed to believe in Jalen, but do we not believe in Jalen enough that we want to make now Deshaun the starting quarterback? So I don't know how much you've heard down there in, in Texas, and we'll still get to your Cowboys because there, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the Cowboys. But I, I I don't know if you guys have heard much of anything else as far as him possibly coming to Philly. So what's the take down there? So I will get a better sense starting next week when um, – I'll get a better sense when the Texans start training camp on next week. I think they start on the 28th. And so I'll be out there every day covering and being able to talk to a couple of more people but here's the thing so when it comes to Deshaun Watson Deshaun Watson is a winner he wants to win he always wants to win and with the Texans organization he was giving his all but then it just seemed like they weren't committed to winning and his you know from his point of view they weren't committed to winning and the way that things started to transpire with the upper management that's why he wanted out so when that happened he has that, you know, he has that no trade clause. So now you have to look at it like this. And, and I'm going to ask you guys input. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and when you right. look at the Miami Dolphins, who has the better talent? Who has the better? Well, I'll put it like this. Who, you, who do you think is going to be better within the next three years? Because that's mm -hmm. going to tell a lot when it comes to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wants out. From what I'm being told, he wants out, but he doesn't want out bad enough to just say, trade me here, and, I, and I'll say okay. Because that no-trade clause, everybody is saying how the Texans have the leverage, but he has leverage as well with that no-trade clause. And so I haven't heard anything. As a matter of fact, I heard that he wouldn't mind playing in Philadelphia, but it's still a rebuilding process, and that's still more years, you know, more years added on to, to, to him and not being able to win a championship. He doesn't think, well, let me take that back, from what I'm being told. I want to make sure that I say that. <laughs> I'm not trying to put words in Deshaun Watson's mouth, but from what I've been told, he's really not in the start-from-the-bottom rebuilding phase anymore. Right. Big Sarge, who in the hell is going to take a chance on him 
after all is said and done with what's going on. Because as far as I was concerned, I thought that had all this stuff not gone on, he probably was going to wind up in Miami because it's a good culture. They, you know, it's, it's, it's a decently run organization. I think they have the tools in place that would suffice him. I don't see him coming to Philly whatsoever, but I, I, I said a couple of months ago, you're just going to have to see how all this plays out. And if it does play out in somewhat of a positive there are going to be some teams that are probably going to try and take a chance. I just always felt Miami was the best possible place for him before all of this went down. And I say, and I say Miami too, because like I said, I like what they have in place and what they're trying to do. But, and I hope that this doesn't sound wrong, but I have to say it this way. Miami has an African-American head coach. Miami has an African-American general manager. Mm-hmm. Those, you know, those two factors play a lot into someone who is going through so much like he is right now. It plays a factor into, hey, look, come over here, black man. We know what you're going through. Let us talk to you. You know, their head coach has that. Uh, was it Brian Flores, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. Correct. Yep. 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 He also has that pedigree coming from the New England Patriots. He also has a way that he's doing it about himself. Now, I love the fact that he brought some of the Patriot way, but he's doing it his own way. And yeah. so, you know, that's someone that can say, come here, we're going to embrace you. We know it's gonna, it may take you some time to even get back on the field. We understand that. But let us help you repair your image because that is the whole thing that's going to have to take place when it comes to Deshaun Watson. His image has to be repaired. And so with that being said, I feel like Miami is the only place for him to go and the only place where they have enough in place where they can wait on him. Cause I think that, so my, how can I put this? I think that Deshaun is going to be suspended for like eight games. Well, what is it? 18, nine games. And then he's mm-hmm. going to peel that down and have to serve like five. And then he'll be able to be, you know, traded or have would have already been traded and be able to play this season i'm a firm believer that he will be able to play this season but he has to find some way to repair that image and for you know for a lot of people down here let me put it like this i have the opportunity and the pleasure to sit you know in a studio monday wednesday and friday for two hours a day with the former NFL player. I get a chance to talk to former NFL players, but I'm talking about Indy Kalu. And shout out to Indy, because Indy is like, Indy's my friend away from the studio as well. But Indy and I was talking uh, before one of the shows, and I asked him about that, and he said, the thing with Deshaun Watson is, his talent is going to overcome anything that he's going through right now, especially because it's not a criminal case. It's just a civil. So once that right. NDA is signed, once he settles in an NDA sign, nobody's really going to know if he's innocent or guilty because that's probably never going to come out. And so now he'd just be tried by the court of public opinion. But what ND said was because he's so talented, that's going to be able to that that's going to be able to have some team willing to take a chance on him. Not saying they're going to excuse what they believe of what he done, but they're going to be they're going to take a chance on him. Because of his talent. Big stars. Let's talk about another uh, 
another star in the Texas area, Zeke Elliott. What, what, what are your expectations for Zeke coming into this year? Is he going to bounce back or is he, uh, he going to fumble six times like he did last year? First of all, <laughs> Zeke is back to crop top status, okay? I don't know if you've seen Zeke's body lately. He's been putting it all over IG, but he's back to crop top status. I mean, like right under the breast. Now, it used to hang like mid drip in the stomach, but now mm-hmm. he's all Pretty soon, it's just going to be all the way up here, right? <laughs> but, yes, I think that having Dak back and having a C.D. Lamb having another year up on this belt, having Amari Cooper, like, they have the talent on the office. And what a lot of people fail to realize is that on last year, they were missing, like, three-fourths of their line. They suffered a lot of injuries. Two players didn't play for the entire year. And so you're talking about your two tackles. And so – with that being said, of course, <laughs> Zeke's going to come back. They're going to open up those holes, and Dak is going to have a, a, a spectacular year. Dak may win MVP. I know I sound like Skip Bayless right now, but <laughs> 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 no. But Zeke, Zeke is going to do. Zeke is going to going to do real about fifteen hundred yards. I feel like this year. Big okay. Sarge, don't get me started <laughs> on the Dallas Cowboys because I grew up a Cowboys fans. A fan, and I had to ditch them like five years ago because I'll tell you why. And I've told the story time and time again on this show. Until Jerry Jones is gone, Cowboys fans are going to suffer. I don't care what anybody says. And all that crap today or yesterday, whatever the hell it was, the crocodile tears, I screwed this up, I effed this up with Jimmy Johnson, blah, 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 blah. Why come out now 25 years later and say it? I've said this before, Big Sarge, and I've said it on the show many times. Since the Cowboys last made the Super Bowl Uh from the NFC, there's only three other teams that have not made it. Detroit, Minnesota, and Washington. That's it. That's what the Cowboys have been relegated to. And And I've looked into the camera and I said, Jerry, if you're listening... You always say that you care about what the fans think and X, Y, and Z. If you do, sell it to somebody that will bring it back to prominence. Please sell the team so they can bring it back to prominence. Because until then, Big Sarge, it's just always, you know, it's like, it's like being in a casino and you pull the lever and it goes, seven, seven. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this. Um, 2017, I uh, was the first time because I've been I've been a Cowboys fan since I was knee high to a duck butt. Right, I'm about to be 50 <laughs> years old in in January. So ever since I want to say about 1975, I was three. I kind of knew then, but I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since 1975. Right, and there's only one time that I've ever thought about not being a Cowboy fan ever again, and that was when they cut To. When they cut T.O., I had a show at the time. I went on air, and for the first hour and a half, I went ballistic because there was no reason for them to do that. So that's as close as I've come. Now, I do feel your pain, but here is where it gets tricky. It isn't Jerry so much anymore. It's Steven. Steven Mm -hmm. is following in his dad's footsteps, and he's a little bit more ruthless than Jerry. Jerry's getting old now, so Jerry's trying to make amends because he's trying to get to heaven. He know he'd have done some really <laughs> bad things in, in his past, including making us Dallas Cowboy fans 
hurt on the inside. And yes, I know they have been mediocre. And what I is, I'm one of those Dallas Cowboy fans, though. I'm not one of those that will say, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl this year. No, if I think that they're going to win six games, I'll say six. If I think they're going to win nine, they'll win nine. I am unbiased when it's time to talk about it. But yes, I understand. But when Jerry's gone, Steven is going to come and he's going to keep it going because all they care about is the billion dollar operation they have going on. Jerry wanted to draft Johnny Manziel and Steven had to talk him out of it. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. When you piss Bill Parcells off after three years and you drive him off, you've got a problem, Big Sarge. And I've said it, I've said it for years and I'll keep saying it. If the man would just be like Robert Kraft, like the Roonies, like some of the other owners where they're just like, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to write the checks and I'm going to hire top-notch personnel that are hired top-notch football coaches and everything. And you just sit back and you reap the rewards and you stay in your box and you drink your water or you have your cocktail or whatever. And that's it. But the man can't do it and he never will be able to. And people can talk about with the Cowboys about Jason Garrett and the coaching and X, Y, and Z. Ever since Jimmy Johnson, other than Bill Parcells, he's hired puppets. And that's all he's ever done. That's all he's ever done. And he has one right now. I I am not a firm believer in Mike McCarthy at all. I'm not either. I'm not either. He's a – I said the same exact thing, and I don't think Mike McCarthy was the answer. And, and mind you, I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan whatsoever, but I said it from the beginning of last year. And by the way, uh, the Washington football team around here, we call them DCU because it, it's, <laughs> it's a college team. So that's how we feel about Washington. But no, I said the same thing. Mike McCarthy does not belong with the Dallas organization. He just doesn't. I understand, you know, with, with Garrett Jones, you know, it, it, whatever, you know, it didn't work out with him either. I don't say he had a full and 100% blame of what on with that team because, again, it comes down to Jerry Jones. But at the same time, too, Mike McCarthy, he's past his prime. When, when he was done with Green Bay, he should have been done, period. Because I even think if, if Dallas – I will say this much. If Dallas, for some odd crazy reason, starts the season two and four just, just by some goofy nature – now, of course, because there's additional game this year and you can turn things around, they're going to be wrong – they can always flip that around real quick and go from two and four to seven and four. But to me, if Dallas starts out two and four, I'm sorry, I'm letting go of Mike McCarthy because the season's not going to get any better. And, and he's just he's too much of of the yes man being up there in that front office than he is worried about as far as playing football. And and to me, even when his press conference, it was he was like just part of that good old boy system. Like yeah, I'm here. I'm not going to do as much as I said I'm going to do. But I'm here because I'm getting, you know, I'm collecting a paycheck and I don't want to get fined. But yeah, to me, it's one of those things he doesn't belong there. The same way with Stephen Jones, he admitted that that he took too long to sign Dak Prescott. And this guy last year was advocating a lot when it came to Dak Prescott of being signed. You got one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and you waited how long to sign Dak, even though he got paid four years, 160 million dollars. But Zeke, no offense. Bro, listen, Sarge, I, I, I'm not a huge Zeke Elliott fan, but how in the world did this man, the second year into his NFL career, he's calling shots, and he's telling the Cowboys that he's not going to come to camp and do anything else until he gets paid? Bro, you know what a rookie contract looks like? Stop yes. playing around with the, with the organization. So you messed up Dak getting paid back then, 
and being worried about getting secure your quarterback. Then they bring in a redheaded stepchild last year, which I don't even know what in the world that was about. And, and I could have sworn that that's what the route that they were going, that they wanted to make Andy Dalton the starting quarterback, which to me would have been a huge insult to Dak Prescott. And, and it's got to do with ethnicity. To me, it's one of those things like, okay, it didn't work out with Andy Dalton and the former team he was with. I'm sorry. It's Dak's team. Just like they say it's America's team. I beg to differ. But even though they say it's America's team, but it's the same way. That's Dak's team. You waited all that time to finally sign this man that you know it should have been signed over two years ago. And honest to God, I think if they would have put the franchise tag on Dak one more time, to me, if I'm Dak, I looked at my agent, well, what are we doing here? You know what? I could take my talent to 31 other teams if I want to. So kudos to Dak, but Mike McCarthy, no. Well, here's the thing, too. So, a couple of things. One, I'm going to tell you where Dallas messed up. First of all, they shouldn't have never let Chris Richard get out of the building. That's the first thing. It, when, when it was time to hire a head coach, Chris Richard should have been the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. One, he knows the system. Two, he's very good defensive coach. And three, all the players loved him and respected him. That's the first thing that they messed up. Second thing, second thing that they messed up was – you don't allow Tony Romo to leave without mentoring Dak Prescott. You walk in with a blank check and say, here, help him. We will, we will give you whatever position that you – whatever title you want, you can have it. But here, because we need you to teach this young guy. Third thing is, I understand what you're saying. I agree with you. But on the flip side, Dak didn't do himself any favors either. Because the problem that Dak has had since college is accuracy down the field. And when you have a wide receiver like Michael Gallup that can get past any defensive back and is wide open, but Dak <coughs> can't get him the ball, that's, a, that, that's the first issue. Now you got yeah. C.D. Lamb and you can't get him the ball. You can get the ball to Amari Cooper because Amari has become a really good possession wide receiver. You can get the ball to Schwartz, and I can't think of the other tight end name, but you can get the ball – in the short distance, but you, you're not accurate down the field. And so I can see why, because if Dak, if he comes in this year and he still has those same issues, that's going to be money wasted. At some point, you have to get better, especially when you've had this issue since college. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. And and was it last not last year? Was it the season before? Because you, you did remind me of, of just that when when Dak was missing. I mean, wide open plays. And and by the way, Ceedee Lamb, I'm I'm not hating because the Eagles passed up on him. All right. So if he's not looking too good right now, and Ceedee Lamb, yes, he is an incredible player. But it's okay with me because right now, you know, some of our wide receivers are going to get a little spotlight that C.D. Lamb will be taken away from him once he gets hot. So, no, but you're right, though, when it comes to Dak Prescott, because there was times where even, I mean, all of us, and we watched the halftime shows like everybody else, and there was like one or two games that actually tuned in because I want to see how Dak was improving. And you could see, I mean, it was, you're talking about your wide receiver was burning your corners by five to six yards at, at one point. I believe that Gallup had one of his uh, one of the safeties almost like a ten yard distance, and Dak overthrew the pass where he was. I, I believe all he had was a twenty yard walk into the end zone. So you are right, and, and hopefully Dak will get better for that. And, and I guess you know for the Eagles fans, I shouldn't be advocating too much when it comes here to Dak, but. To me, the Seattle game as well. I don't know if you remember that the Seattle yeah. game when they lost. Dak rolled out, made the great play, rolled out, and all Dak had to do was take off, get out of bounds, mm -hmm. and then live to fight another day. What does Dak do? Roll out, 
throws a pass into double coverage. And he's done that on more than one occasion. He has thrown into double coverage. Or the problem that, that I mean, the thing that Dak needed to learn, and the one thing that I loved about Tony Romo was, Tony Romo would throw a wide receiver open. And that's why Dak and Des Bryant couldn't work. Because Dak has to see you open. Like, he drops back, he's like, I got to see you wide open. Whereas Tony Romo would throw. He would drop back. He's like, okay, I know that Dez is going to be over there hand wrestling with one of the defensive backs. He's going to be over there. So I'm not worried about that. I'm going to drop back, and I'm going to wait. And now I'm going to throw to a spot. And when he throws to that spot, by that time, Dez has finished beating up on the defensive back. He comes, and he breaks right open where the ball is going to be. Dak's issue is he can't throw a lot of people open, and that's what's one of the hindrance of the Dallas Cowboys offense. Well, let, let, let's shift to, to some basketball. Um, you watched the NBA Finals on Tuesday. Giannis dropped 50. I know you had a, had a little opinion on Chris Paul that I, I didn't think I necessarily agreed with. But, um, yeah, just talk about the Finals. Talk about your reaction and the draft next week. I know, I know you're, uh, you're in Houston. You're a Rockets Guy, uh, you, are you excited to see uh, who they take on uh, next Thursday? I am, but hold on. Can I ask you what you disagree with me about, Chris Paul? <laughs> yeah, you you said it would impact his legacy. I I I think it I think it truly does, and I I think that Chris Paul is still great no matter what. I don't I don't think this finals makes him worse off than he was a year ago or two years ago. So, well, I look at it like this, right? And and full disclosure, you know, Chris Paul is by far one of the favorite, one, one of the best people you're ever going to meet. Off the court, Chris Paul is amazing. I, and, I'm, and I have to say that before I say this. <laughs> yes, before this year's finals, right? Before this year's finals, and I'm talking about throughout the playoffs all the way through the Western Conference finals, it was cemented. He's going down. Or he's one of the top five, seven uh, point guards of all time, first ballot Hall of Famer, and a lot of you know Chris led his way, led the team to that. What I think happened was in the finals. Now all the spotlight is on him. Not everybody was watching the Western Conference Finals. Not everybody's watching the semifinals in the Western Conference. But now everybody's eyes are locked on to the finals. In the first two games, he shined. In the last four games, he became the mark meaning that they were looking for him on defense. Middleton was looking for him. Drew Holiday was looking for him. Bobby Portis, anybody who touched the ball was looking for him, right? And then on offense, what did they do? Hey, we have a big, strong guard in Drew Holiday. Chris Paul is a little bit older. He cannot beat Father Time. In the first two games, they gave him free range of motion to bring the ball up. In games uh, three through six, no more. They started to pressure him. And that caused a lot of the rift in the, the Phoenix Suns offense. That even caused DeAndre Ayton not to be able to play as well. And so when I say that it messes up his legacy, here you are. You finally made it. This is your opportunity to show what you, you know, who you are and to submit your, your, you know, your spot as one of the top five point guards of all time. And I feel like he dropped the ball. I feel like Devin Booker did what he was supposed to do. The, uh, Ayton was was he's young he's gonna learn but chris paul chris paul is the veteran he was supposed to be able to one to take it up another notch well let me let me come back at you with this so chris paul had the shoulder injury round one he had covid round or in the in the conference finals and in the finals the i mean the bucks they played him poorly those first two games but 
I mean, in Drew Holiday's guarding you, he's arguably the best defensive point guard in, in the league. I, I personally think with, with Chris Paul, I, I think he'll go down as a insane competitor. He'll go down as an elite um, leader. And I, uh, I, I truly think the reason why Chris Paul never will win a championship is just the talent was just never there at the right time, and his competition was too good. But let me ask you this. Ryan thinks Chris Paul is no longer going to play for the Phoenix Suns next year. He's got a $44 million player option. Do you, you think Chris Paul comes back to Phoenix next year and tries to run it back with this group? If I'm Phoenix, I don't want Chris Paul back. And I'm a Chris Paul fan, but that is a lot of money to spend on a guy who – that finals is probably be the last final he ever makes. And Chris Paul is ring hunting. He wants a ring. And I, I mm-hmm. listen, I totally get it. He wants a ring. So – He's gonna go, but uh, he also likes money too. If I'm if I'm Phoenix, <laughs> I don't bring him back, and that's just entirely too much money, especially when you got other players that's about to come up. I mean, I think they, they got to pay Miles Bridges, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they got to pay Bridges. They got to pay Aiton. Yes, and so do you? Are are you going to put all your eggs in one basket and hope that Chris Paul gets you there, or are you gonna say, hey, look? We got a nice foundation. We got a really good coach. We got a, a, a up and coming rising star in Devin Booker. Then they can go ahead. Now you asked me about the Rockets. Let me say that real quick. I am excited for the Rockets because Coach Silas is. I, I feel like Coach Silas deserves the chance to show the NBA and the world how great of a coach he is. I think that he is a really good coach to. To go through the adversity that they went through last year, started out the year, you know, losing Russell Westbrook. They then ended up losing before the uh, before the season even started. He was without like four players because of COVID, and then you lose James Harden, and then you have a plethora of injuries to the point where sometimes you didn't even know you were, if the Rockets were going to have enough players to even play a game. Sometimes you're like, are they going to forfeit tonight because they don't have enough players? And so, even through all of that, they kept competing. I did not see the Rockets give up in any game. Even when they were being blown out, those young guys were still playing. So I think that coming back with a healthy team and getting a person. So I truly believe that they're going to get Cade Cunningham. I, 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 I think, think they'll that, trade up. No, 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 no. They're not going to have to trade up because I don't think De- if Detroit takes Cade Cunningham, that's right. just because they don't want anybody else to have them. I think that Detroit would be better off with green but and i think that they think that too but they can't show their hand just yet so i don't think that they're going to take Cade cunningham that's just me but if they do then the rockets will get you know green jamie green and put him right there with kpj kevin mar jr uh with um uh, jay sean tate christian wood they they the the rockets are in the perfect position to just say hey look we're going to stay right here if you want to make a trade with us then we'll we'll make a trade with you all, but we're gonna have to benefit. They're in the perfect spot. Big so size. I, I I'll say this: somebody did pick the Bucks in six before the series started, and that would be me right here. Number one, number two. When it comes to CP3, look, CP3 was not himself. You could tell he had a fantastic first two games, but even in those two games, you could tell he was not himself. Now, the one thing I did say to one of my friends after the first two games I said you know what if I'm Budenholzer I'm just gonna let Devin Booker go off and I'm gonna concentrate on everybody else and what do you think they did Booker had Booker was going off Devin was going off 
but they concentrated on not letting Aiton go off, not letting Crowder get like now Crowder got some open threes. Don't get me wrong, he's going to get open threes, but they hounded Chris Paul as well, and it worked. That I think that they were going to win four straight to win the series four two. I did call it in six, but. Did I think that they were going to win four straight after they lost the first two? No. So we've got to give credit to Budenholzer and the Bucks coaching staff for just – and I, I even say that about the Sixers sometimes. I'm just like, just let him be go off for the Sixers and concentrate on everybody else not going off. So – but with CP3, he was not himself, and you could tell. You must have read my timeline on Twitter because <laughs> what you just said about Embiid is the exact same thing I said yesterday. I said, hey, look, hey, we're going to give Giannis all the praise in the world. But a healthy Embiid, he'll do, he could do exactly what Giannis – and get away. First of all, get rid of Ben Simmons. You get Ben Simmons away and keep him healthy, the 76ers are in the Eastern Conference Finals going seven game with the Nets and may the best team win. Like, I, I am a Joel Embiid fan. And one thing I like about Joel Embiid, offensively, offensively and defensively, I like the way he plays. But he's real. When they went on a winning streak this last, the last, uh, after they played the Rockets, they were on a winning streak of, what, like seven, eight games, if I'm not mistaken. And he came out, he's like, the winning streak is great. He said, but we're playing against a lot of teams who are not going to make the playoffs or have a lot of injuries. So we don't really know where we are yet until we can play some of the better teams. And so – Yes, you've been reading my timeline. Uh, oh, I've been, oh, oh, I've been using the Wi-Fi from your brain for me. <laughs> Listen, whichever way, I mean, it, it, it's good enough anyways. But uh, And by the way, if everyone's just tuning in tonight, first of all, we're live here from the LG Direct Sales Studio, Sales Solutions Studio. And we're here tonight with Big Sarge, Big Sarge Media LLC, Big Sarge Sports. It's Big Sarge. Is everywhere. That's why he's Big Sarge, because he's just <laughs> everywhere. Also from In the Trenches with Andy Kalou, you guys get a chance to listen to the show on Sports Talk 790. Uh, you say it was three days a week? I thought you guys were in on five. Uh, no, uh, so I'm there on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays from 10 to 12. And then I have my own show my, on online radio called Sports Talk with Big Sarge on Tuesdays yep. and Thursdays. Yeah, I did see that. That's why I said a man is everywhere. The only time he gets to breathe is when he goes to bed and then he starts the day up all over again. So, but it's all right, those big stars. And we appreciate you coming on with us tonight. And now we've been talking about the Cowboys. By the way, for my Eagles fans, I, I got to do it. Because it, as much as I love, I gave to Jimmy Johnson there at the very beginning. You guys, thank you some love as well when it comes to the Eagles. And, and somebody's a Kansas City Chiefs fan, just to let you know they're big stars. So uh, it's it's a little disappointing for him as well. But there's there's one thing that I and David Harris brought up a comment here, and I see the comment still coming in. But he brought up a comment saying that that uh, CB3 is on his way to the Lakers, and I know that LeBron James was there on one of the games, and it's not going to be coincidental why LeBron James is there because you know it's a good probability that he will probably talk to CB3 and bring him to the Lakers. But I'm going to ask you the question of the night here. Do you know where LeBron James got his celebratory cigar from? <laughs> I, no, I don't. Well, I'll tell you exactly where he got it from. He got it from Goose's Money Crystal Lounge <laughs> Tobacconist out there in Limerick, Pennsylvania. That's exactly where he got his, his, his cigar from. And not only that, but he's got fine babes, all kinds of stuff. You guys visit CigarGoose.com. You'll get the same championship cigar that LeBron James ended up getting. So, just put it out there, but uh, that's your good friend Goose, and, and 
there's a picture I'm going to bring up later on because he, he built this studio and it's amazing. And I, I want to make sure the pictures go out there. And if, and if you guys are looking to rent a studio for your podcast, maybe for a main event or something else, make sure you go on Facebook, Bruce's Mighty Crystal Lounge with Tobacco Nest, and look at the Facebook feed. You guys don't have seen a studio that Robert put together and with Goose. And it is absolutely beautiful. So if you guys need some studio time, reach out on Facebook, get in contact with Goose. And let him know that I sent you, and, and, and the, he'll make things happen. So it's a beautiful studio those guys put together. We will be there September 12th. And, and Big Sarge, you know, if, if you feel like coming September 12th, I know Dallas will be playing, but I'm just saying, you want to make the trip out there to Philly, you know, we'll, we'll show you some love out there as well. So if you want to come join us September 12th, you got to open an invite. <laughs> well, I got to look at, so, you know, my, my, my other job is, you know, covering the Texans. So now I have to base my schedule off of, <laughs> when are the Texans playing, you know, where they're playing and things like that. Cause you know, I travel with them and not with them per se, but I travel to cover them as well. So I had to look at the schedule, but I wouldn't, you know what? I wouldn't mind making it to Philly, you know, for a game, but who man, listen, y'all didn't y'all boo and throw stuff at Santa Claus. So <laughs> this, that yeah. many, many, many years ago, you know, we took care of that business <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> so no, no, I, uh, you know what? I'll, maybe I'll just watch. No, maybe I'll, uh, I, I can come out there and sit next to Jalen's family. Be like, Hey man, can y'all give me a seat next to y'all? They're not going to bother y'all. I won't wear any cowboy stuff though. That's the one thing I have learned when I go and watch, when I go to different stadiums and watch the Cowboys play, I make sure that I don't – I just wear regular clothes because I'm like, I don't want to fight. I'm old. You hit me, I'm going to fall down, and I'm going to show up in court every time. I'm pressing charges. I ain't going to even fight back. I'm just going to show up in court every time. And every time it's going to be a neck brace, an arm wrap, a cane, a wheelchair, full body cast. Big, I, I, I hey, there's a jail cell at the link, so we can take care of business all in one shop. <laughs> just, just real quick, Angel, Big Sarge, if I can get serious for a moment with about the Texans. Do you think when they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins that that was the nail in the coffin? For the team? Just, 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 just for him to sit back and say, yeah, I signed this contract, but I did not expect some of this stuff that's going on right now. And it just almost seemed like when they got rid of Hopkins, he was just like, man, I do not want to really be around here anymore. You know, and then at the end of the season, when J.J. Watt, when they did the, 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 you know, the, when they called J.J. Watt saying, man, I'm sorry, man, I'm really sorry. It just, it just seemed like that's the sense that I got from DeAndre Hopkins or from uh, Deshaun Watson. When they got rid of Hopkins, he was almost like, man, I did not expect any of this. So the, the, the issue is – so the issue with, with that is the same issue that's like what's going on up in Green Bay right now. And, you know, I'm going to get back to the text. I just want to say this. So you look at what Green Bay is dealing with when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. When they got rid of the quarterback's coach, Van Pelt, he had to learn from that from social media. When they got rid of Jordy Nelson, he had to learn of that through social media. When they were going to hire a coach, they didn't, they didn't say pretty much anything to him. And so now they built that, you know, they built that divide, which is the exact same thing that kind of happened with the Texans. You don't take an all-pro wide receiver and trade him for what you traded him for and don't tell your star quarterback. 
Deshaun Watson found out that DeAndre Hopkins got traded from social media. That was a slap in the face to him. He was really upset. From what I from what I was told, I didn't get this directly from Deshaun Watson, but from what I was told, he was very upset because he said, you took away my main weapon, one. Then two, you didn't even let me know. If you all were even thinking about trading him, how come you all didn't come to me and say, hey, look, we're just letting you know up front, you're going to have to readjust because we're going to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. And so with that being said, Yes, that was some of the downfall because once they got rid of D-Hop, that kind of put a separation between a lot of people. And that started to – nobody no nobody wants to have to keep looking over their shoulder wondering if they're about to get fired. Nobody wants to look over their shoulder and wonder if they're about to get traded. If you can do this to an, a, a, a three-time uh, all-pro, you'll definitely do it to – me just playing defense, you know, just you know, coming in playing every third down or something like that. So, it, it a lot of the trust was gone, starting with from DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson on down. Right. And, and and you're you're absolutely right when it comes to that stuff. I mean, it's just it it this year. I think for the NFL season, I think a lot of us end up missing it too because it seemed like this. I don't know why. But it just seemed like this NFL offseason was longer than even when we went through COVID with the whole, you know, <laughs> stuff that's going on. So I'm dying for football to start all over again as camps start, you know, within the next week or two uh, for most teams. But I'm dying to see exactly how, even on the NFC East side, how things are going to come down. Because as we talked about DCU earlier, Ron Rivera <laughs> is coming back 100% healthy. And you know as much as I know that Ron Rivera is a beast. And I'm pretty sure this year he's going to go into straight beast mode because – he's been trying to straighten out that organization he came there because unfortunately Dan Snyder, who's gotten himself in some pretty good hot water here. He brought, it's great that he brought Ron Rivera in, but it, I felt bad for Ron because you're walking into something that's already been on fire and not a good fire. The fire that everybody wants to stay away from, but Ron did the best he possibly could. Uh, the Redskins are a little bit, you know, or DCU is a little bit upset for what the Eagles did at the end of last season because things could have worked out completely different for them as well, along with the Giants hating us for the most part. But it's a new season. We'll see. Maybe people forget. forget. But I'm dying to see how the NFL season is going to end up playing out. Um, the one thing that I want to go back to, as we were talking about basketball earlier, and so last night, so this is kind of basketball hockey related, but Big Sarge. Last night, of course, is Seattle Krakens, which to me is it's a crazy hockey name as is. The, and they line, you know, they they showed who they got in the expansion draft, but I could not believe what my eyes were seeing across the stage when these two came. Oh my Bro, God. what in the world happened there? Because it, it was like, okay, I get Peyton, don't get me wrong, but Kemp, what in God's creation oh, happened so there? Because he so came so across the so like, seriously, Kemp. Uh, Wait, put that picture happened? back up. <laughs> you can't miss it, bro. He's right oh there. He got into an extra small shirt. I don't know what, what the be, organization was thinking. They, they gave the hundred. Yeah, listen, it, it, he's a couple basketball sizes, is is what he is at this point. But good lord, man, it, when it, when it came on, I seriously didn't want these numbers. Nah, it sure it wasn't. Sure it wasn't Johnny Kemp. <laughs> you know i talked about that earlier today um on my show too i was like uh 
I was like, why why would they do him like that? And why would he do himself <laughs> like that? And why would Gary Payton do it? Like, like that's not a friend. A right. friend would be like, no, just put the he could have just put the shirt over his shoulder. You know, you ever been somewhere they give you a t-shirt, you'd be like, oh, I can't fit this. Let me just go ahead and throw it on my shoulder mm-hmm. and I'm gonna give it away to somebody else. Oh, that was horrible. You know, Sean Kemp has a lot of kids too, right? Oh yeah. And I'm saying, are you about to have another one? And so anyway, look. He's got like 45 or something like that now. I know this is a fa- I know this is a family-friendly show, but I have to say this. I don't know if you all have ever heard that running joke about what the women who he used to sleep with used to do. Uh-oh. They would put the condom next to the bed and have him sign it because they knew he wasn't going to use it. I did hear about that one before, but no, it, it is exactly true. Listen, the, the man, first of all, he's broke from child support for all them years. Yeah. It's like, what were you, bro? What were you thinking? And then you're going to have another one. It's like, uh, um, what, what's that one show where they have, it was the, um, the the family, I think they're in the Midwest. What was it like 18, 18 plus or something like that? Some some to the nature. I think it's one of the on A and E or something like that. Johnny but, K plus eight. I don't know. It's, yeah. one, he could, I don't know. He, he could just he could just hit up Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and collect a million for the rest of his life for the most part. But exactly. I mean, you're right though, Gary Payton. I mean, they could have gave the man a hockey jersey. For the love of God, I mean, you gave him your baby brother's or, T-shirt, or and then he threw it on. <laughs> or a zoot. They could have they, they put him in a zoot suit. It would have been better. Yes. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm exactly. Some, some light in here. There we go. David's got a funny Kemp, uh, comment. He says, Kemp had too many Happy Meals. <laughs> 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 yes. Which is true. But, uh, listen, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, God bless him because he's still around because it, things could have, he went through a dark period in his life and I'm glad he was yes. able to turn things around. So great job by Ken, but oh my God, Sean, come on, bro. Next time, <laughs> let's hope Thanks. opening night you have a bigger size jersey to make you look normal. Exactly. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But Big Sarge, I, I also want to ask you too because now everybody knows that a particular player in Portland, once out of Portland, and, and I feel bad for the Trailblazers. We talked about it a little bit on Tuesday night, but I feel bad for Portland because Portland has really been trying to put their team back together. Now, not for nothing, Portland, as far as the city themselves, not doing to themselves a good of a job since the whole COVID and everything else in between. Because that city, again, it's a fire that nobody wants to be in. And they're on day 515 of just ridiculous nonsense over there. So maybe that's part of why Damian Lillard wants to get out of there. But... The two top teams right now, supposed allegedly, that are contending for him, one is the Philadelphia 76ers, and the other ones, apparently the Houston Rockets, are making a big push for Damian Lillard. So it would be interesting to see if the Rockets would push it because I didn't think James Harden really went out of Houston until he did. But, and no offense to James, I think there's going to be another heartbreak over there in Brooklyn. Just saying. Well, I, I think after next year, if if they don't win the championship next year, Brooklyn will definitely break that team up because they're all I think they're all able to leave after next year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yep. They, they, they all have an outclaw. I think I have two. I think I have two more. Two more. Well, two more seasons after after this, next this year? season, this season yeah. and next season, I think. OK. And so, yeah, if they don't win it, if they don't win, they're definitely going to break that team up. But when it comes to Dame Lillard, and I listen, you're talking to someone who's a Dame Lillard fan. Side note, I don't like the way that 
Dame is not going to get the same criticism that James Harden did, and it's going to be sad. And that's where the hypocrisy of social media and NBA Twitter comes in because so many people have so much hatred for James Harden and the way that he left Houston, which I don't, I don't have, I'll put it like this. I don't have any problem with the way that James Harden left Houston because, and it happened on my birthday. I'm sitting in there waiting on the press. As soon as James sat down, I said, oh, this ain't about to be good. Right. And as soon as he said what he said, got up and left, I turned and looked at a couple of other media members and I said, did that just happen? I was like, wow, happy birthday to me. But James wasn't happy coming into the season. So it was almost like he was forced to, to be there. When it comes to Dame Lillard, you talk about this loyalty and you talk about all uh, about, you know, staying with Portland and building and things like that. And now you want out. And so I can't understand that. And if I'm the team, I'm Dame has a huge contract and you have to wonder, do you want to put yourself on the hook for that type of contract? <clears throat> I don't think Houston, you know, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that there's a lot of in, in on the back channels. There's a lot of chatter going on. But it also is where does Dame fit right. with Houston Houston Rockets? He they have they are re, they are in a rebuilding mode and they have a lot of young talent. Dame is going to come in and it'll be just like playing with Harden all over again. And if they're going to do that type of stuff, then they could just keep John Wall. Now I'm not saying that John Wall is the same player as a Dame Lillard. But you're going to be required to get him the ball, which is going to hamper the growth of your young nucleus. If you got K, if you can get KPJ, I mean, I'm sorry, if you can get Jalen Green or Cade Cunningham to go along with K, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, Kevin Porter Jr. was they they transformed him into a point guard. He had never played point guard in his life. And so when the Rockets got him, they turned him into a point guard. And you could see as time going, uh, went on, he was learning more and more and more. And Coach Silas just said yesterday at an event that he's been talking to KPJ and he's going to get better. You bring Dame Lillard in here, Dame has to get his touches. And I think that by far Dame is one of the top 10, 12 players in the NBA. But he's going to require so much that how can you grow? How can Christian Wood get, get his touches? How can KPJ get his touches? And I just don't think that he's a good fit with Houston. No, listen, good point. Good point. He's a lot of things, you know, you got to think about, especially when it comes to contract. And I know he's 31 years old. I know he's coming on the, on the backside of your age basketball career life now. So it, it, you're, you're talking about a boatload of money that you would have to drop. Obviously the NBA drafts coming up, come next week here. Um, so there's going to be a lot of things or a lot of teams that have to, if, if you want to put a package together, it, it's going to cost you. It's not going to be cheap for Damian Lillard. And I, I know Sixers have, you know, they got some wiggle room, but at the same time too, you got to watch what you're going to end up doing because if the future is supposed to be, and let's say they add Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons, I, I really don't think he's going to be with the Sixers either. I know David had mentioned a comment on there earlier. Um, I don't think Ben stays here. Obviously he's building a house out there in LA supposedly, allegedly, the rumors are that the Clippers want his services out there. Doc said that he wanted him to be here, but now he wants out. I mean, it, it's just so many things. But if Damian Lillard comes to Philly, yeah, it would be a huge upgrade for the Sixers. But at the same time, too, now you're going to be bound because you're not that far away from the salary cap either. So yeah. now you got to watch exactly what you end up doing. So really good point on my behalf. There's also the one thing, if I switch back gears here to the NFL, that I thought was kind of interesting because I don't – so to me, when it comes to the whole uh, COVID injection, 
for those who, who want to get it, great. For those who don't want to get it, great. You know, that, that's up to them. It's your body, your choice, whatever you want to do. I found it interesting of what the NFL had stated today when it comes to uh, the players and the teams who have non-vaccinated players. So I want to play this clip here, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. Both teams, if the game's not played, it's not just the team that, that caused the outbreak. Both teams would not be paid their paragraph five salary, their base salary, that installment uh, for that game. So even if it's the team, I mean, you remember teams were upset last year. Hey, it's their problem and we're rescheduling this game and we're moving this game around and it's in- inconveniencing us. Yeah. Well, on top of that, you're not going to get paid right. if it's the other team that creates the mess. And by the way, still in this memo, uh, if the other team uh, has is not following protocols. Remember, we had some of that last year that Commissioner Roger Goodell still retains the right uh, in, in addition to canceling the game, the forfeit, uh, there could still be penalties in the, ter- in the form of fines, draft picks, whatever, uh, on top of that. So um, these games could be moved now. Uh, that's in the memo as well. Like you could have a Thursday game moved to a Tuesday or whatever. Remember, we had that last year as well as they tried to keep it within the week that these games were going to be played. But once you get outside of that, the long and short of this is that the NFL in this memo uh, is stating that they are intending to play the entire uh, regular season over 18 weeks. And there will not be a 19th week. So if you get outside of that week and, hey, we couldn't make it work and we couldn't reschedule it, that game is forfeited. The team that uh, had the issue, they lost. The other team, they win. It counts towards the playoffs, all that stuff. That is the long and short of this memo. But there still could be games that are kind of slid around. Uh, They will take into consideration many things. Uh, as far as whether it's safe to allow that game to be played. Stadium availability will factor into that as well, uh, as will competitive advantage, disadvantage, because you could have a team, let's say you push that game back to a Monday or a Tuesday, and then the team, the other team's got a short turnaround or whatnot. So these are all be factors that'll be factored in, just like they were last year as the NFL tried to figure this thing out on the fly. Uh, but they are letting teams, players, executives, everybody know today that we are not planning to add a week to the season to accommodate for games that won't be able to be played and rescheduled within the same week. So I, I find it interesting as far as like what they said. And again, it's, it's your choice. And, it, and we know there's players that opted out last season. Um, supposedly there's, there are players that may opt out again this season. And I can understand they're trying to take care of family members and, and you know, you can't blame somebody for doing that. And it, it's again, their choice, but the same way, too, I know people, they believe in it, don't believe in the vaccinations, but now you're talking about the NFL imposing where if the players don't get it and they find out that that player in particular did not get vaccinated, then the team automatically forfeits that game. To me, I think it's too extreme, but I would love to get your input on it. So when I got that memo today, because the same memo he was reading off of is the same memo that I got in my email, and I looked and I said, hmm, this is interesting, but I I'm gonna be honest with you. I like it. I like I like I like what it what it is because at some point the NFL is gonna have to take a stand. And at some point the commissioner has to say, look, something has to be done here. And I think that going that extreme route, if you're the player or the players who causes your team to miss out on the playoffs because you didn't want to go get vaccinated and there was no way to reschedule that game and it got forfeited. When there's no way to, to, to replay that game, nowhere. And now we miss out by one game 
because of that. Now that's a lot of the onus goes on to the players. And I like that. So what he's doing is, to me, what the commissioner is doing is putting the ball back into the court of not only the players, but now as a coach, now as a general manager, as everybody in that organization, you're going to have to say, and I, I, I get it. They're going to come up against some. The, the players union is going to step in at some point and say, okay, we're just going to have to go ahead and go to battle with the NFL. But I, I don't, I don't think that they have a leg to stand on because it, the team is the employer. The mm-hmm. NFL is the employer and the players are the employee. I'm not one of those people that's like uh, shut up and catch or shut up and run or shut up and tackle. I'm not one of those type of people. But by the same token, what I am is one of those people that, well, if you're going to work for this company, if this is, I, I'm not forcing you to be an NFL player. If you don't want to be an NFL player, you don't have to be an NFL player. But if you're going to be, if you're going to play in the NFL, if you're going to play for my team, this is what's going to have to happen. I seen to earlier today that DeAndre Hopkins, speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, he said that, you know, he insinuated that he may, he would retire before getting the vaccine. And he said, my girlfriend's brother is in the military. He took the shot. He got the vaccine shot. And then all of a sudden he started having heart trouble. So I tweeted at him, hey, your girlfriend's brother got way more stuff on the inside of him injected from the army than a vaccine. Because when I was in basic training, they they poked me in the arm so much. Do you think I had time to be like, well, wait a minute. What are you putting into me? It's, nope, move out, soldier. Yep. In the line. When we got ready to go downrange, when we was on our way to Afghanistan, you go and you get these shots. You don't have a clue what they are. They don't tell you what they are. They just say you need these shots in order to go downrange. I couldn't say, no, nah, I don't want this shot. I'm thinking they're like, oh, you don't want it? Oh, don't worry. You're about to go do some jail time. Then. Uh-huh. Oh, you're about to go do... You're not jail time. You're going to do some 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 time over here, but you're going to get this shot because you're going to go. So with that being said, I told Deion, you know, I, I tweeted at him that that may have just the vaccine may have stirred up something else that had been sitting in his body from for a long time ago. I was my last meal before I went to Afghanistan was crab legs. My my late wife, God rest her soul, made made some of the best crab legs. When I came back from Afghanistan, I I am now currently allergic to shellfish. Now, don't know what happened. I got back, tried to eat shell, uh, crab legs two times, almost died. And I was like, oh, that's it. Can't. Know what I found out? One of those shots that they gave me messed with my system. So as I digress, I, uh, you know, I am all for what the NFL is doing. And I think that, you know, uh, uh, him discipline. Roger Goodell disciplining the teams and making them financially responsible. Because when you look at it, I, I also today I looked at it from a stand, a fan standpoint. If I have tickets to see the Cowboys and the Eagles play in Philly, right, right. on Sunday, and the game gets canceled and rescheduled to Tuesday, I'm in Texas. I can't take that time off again to fly there to try to go to the game. Or, you know, you can say my ticket will be good for the game on Tuesday. But what about my airfare? What about my hotel? What about my rental car? What about all the other factors that go into that? When you are that selfish to not get this and cause your team not to play, 
you got to look at from a fan standpoint too because for some fans that may be the only game that they're able to come to or bring their child to and now that game is going to be played on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday and now you're just like well I'll get the money back from the ticket but what about all the other money I spent no yep, that's true and and by the way I do remember those injections uh, way too well because I <laughs> before we went to the desert, here come the double guns and, and like, what, what the hell was that? Then, not only do you get the needles, then they give you the chichi. Hey, come, uh, what am I taking these for so you won't get malaria in the yep. desert? Huh? Okay, <laughs> so yeah, from one bed to the other, first of all, thank you for your yeah. service to our country, and then yeah, thank you for trust me. Well. <laughs> You're welcome, but yeah, I, I remember that just like it happened yesterday, so I'm right there with you. Uh, the one thing before I end the end up uh, ending the show here, um, I I like the fact that every week between and every morning between obviously Sean Salisbury in the morning and then when you guys follow up when it comes to the Houston Astros, I love how people still go on the fact about the whole here you go, <laughs> it, how the whole thing goes down when people like to say as far as when it comes to oh here come the cheaters again you know people try to do the trash can thing because they missed out during covid because there were no fans so they all the fans missed out from doing the trash cans on the whole nine yards but look at houston once again because it it was just a mere what two months ago i want to say big sarge where houston was on the downward spiral of their season and then it was like night today you guys came out with i i want to say it was like a wednesday you know, they had gone on their losing streak and then the win streak happened. And now you look at Houston. Obviously, Houston keeps going on that up cycle. And, and being 2017 champs, yeah, they, that's where they should go back to where they were beforehand. So I, I heard the series when the Dodgers came into town. They didn't turn out to be too good for that series, although we can't stand the Dodgers either here in Philly. So it makes no difference. Um, but I, I wish the outcome would have been better for the Astros when the, when the Dodgers came into town because a lot of hype between the pitchers, everything that went on in Houston – but I think now Houston is pretty much telling everybody, listen, shh, say what you want to say. But right now we're looking like we could be, one, the American League champs, and two, oh, by the way, World Series champs again. So it's amazing to me. <laughs> it's amazing to me when it comes down to, to, to the Astros because, I mean, listen, they, they really they could have taken a whole different direction on the way the whole – Supposed cheat thing came down, but I do like the bounce back the way the Astros are doing it and how the fans shows up in numbers, even if it's a loss because every team you're not going to be able to win every night. But I like the way the fan reaction has been to basically telling everyone in the baseball god world, um, say again what you want, but look who's on top. You know what? It's it's like this. Fans are they're copycats. I'll put it like this: they're booing. They're, they're booing Jordan Alvarez. He wasn't even with the team in 2017. <laughs> they're booing him. They're booing Altuve, who had nothing to do with the cheating scandal. He had nothing to do with it. And they boo him everywhere he goes and say, that's Altuve. Oh, no, he came out. Major League Baseball said, hey, they Altuve didn't. Carlos Correa came out and said, Altuve didn't do it. He's like, hey, look, a lot of us did it. Altuve didn't do it. But here's the funny part about it, right? Let's just use the Dodgers, for example. You're mad at the Astros, right? But right. you all had home field advantage. Cheating doesn't travel. They beat you in game seven in Dodger Stadium, in that god-awful forsaken stadium. Dodger Stadium is trash. That's the yep. first thing. 
Well, did you see Drake's date? Did you see Drake take that take that nice lady on a date at Dodger I, Stadium? I did see that. I was like, hold up, Drizzy. Uh, I almost <laughs> went to go get a heart cut in my head. But uh, the, the thing is, it's like you're so mad at the 27, 2017 Astros. I'm talking about just the Dodgers, just using them, for example. You're right. so mad at the 20, 2017 Astros because they beat you in the World Series. And the next year, the guy who orchestrated the cheating scandal, the sign-stealing scandal, and two other players come right back and beat you with the same scheme. And then you bring Mookie Betts and Joe Kelly onto your team. They cheated as well. They came out and said that they, they were stealing signs as well in 2018. But they don't ever look at that. They don't right. ever look at that. Another thing is, in 2017, the Astros had the best road record in Major League Baseball. They ain't cheating on the road. In all honesty, I'm still perplexed on the sign stealing scam. I'm saying to myself, you all didn't have to do that. I don't know what it was. That's why I'm so glad A.J. Hinch is gone. Because A.J. should have stopped that. He should have let everybody go who, who was a part of as far as coaches and stuff like that was concerned. They should have been gone. But he didn't, he didn't do that. But you think about it. 2017, okay, even if we take that away, they were good in 2018, went to the World Series in 2019, went to Game 7 uh, and almost made came back from 3-0 and almost went to the World Series in 2020 during the pandemic year, and now you look at this year. So if even if you remove 2017 out of the equation, the Astros are a really good team, and there's so many other players, former players that have come out and said, Man, we've been cheating forever. I mean, the Yankees. When are they going to ever open up that letter? Oh, listen. Oh, <laughs> see, now you want to get me fired up. That, that's <laughs> the, the Stankies. I the, uh, and gotta my, love the Yankees. Huge yeah, Yankees. Uh, uh, yeah. My, uh, yeah. My sister, who I love to call the ring chaser, because mind you, both of us were born in Philly. Somehow, magically, though, she became a New York Yankees fan. And she knows I don't let her down for that stuff. I understand if you were born and raised in New England that your choices were Red Sox, Yankees. I get it. You were born in Philly and turned out to be a Yankees fan once you moved out to win. Not only that, but then became a Chicago Bulls fan when the Bulls were hot. <laughs> then turned out to be a New England Patriots fan. So, yeah. No, you know what? I'll, I'll suffer with my teams. As I do every single year, and I'll hang in there because when the Eagles end up winning it back in 2017, good lord, that was the the biggest time ever in the city. When somebody would wake up in the morning, and be like, "Good morning," I'm like, "Huh? Good morning? Oh yeah, the Eagles won. Yeah, good morning." But that lasted Big Sarge about three days. Because after about the third day, matter of fact, as the delayed happened for the parade that Wednesday, people were back to what. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was champ yesterday, but today I'm back to me. I got you. Don't worry. So yeah. Philly's a, it, it's a tough city. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, listen, I will suffer like the Flyers haven't done since 75, like the Sixers haven't done since the 80s. You know, the Phillies, 2008. And so we'll, we'll just wait around. Thankfully, yeah. we did have an NFL championship within the past couple of years. So other than that, it had been really ugly in Philly, but it's you okay. Know, you know what's so funny about that? I just uh, I did a segment on my show on Tuesday that said that – the, the, the funny thing, and this was before the uh, game six uh, concluded, before the Bucks won. I said, if the Bucks win tonight, right? If the Bucks win the NBA Finals, in three years, nobody is going to remember. Just like, and I know that this is going to sound horrible, but a lot of people don't even remember that the Eagles won a Super Bowl. They know that the Patriots played in it, 
mm-hmm. they can't remember that the Eagles won it. A lot of people can't remember in 2019 that the Washington Nationals won the World Series. In three years, it's going to be the exact same way with Milwaukee. They're going to be like, wait a minute. That was the, that was the one Chris Paul played in, right? Devin Booker went off. He's like, yeah, but they didn't win it. The who? Oh, yeah, Milwaukee won. It's going to be so unforgettable. Hey, before I get out of here, can I ask a question? Go Nich- for it. Nicholas, right? Yep. Nicholas, you're the, you're the college football guy, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Clemson Tigers fan. I go here, so I, I got it, got it, got to be invested in college football. Ah, so here's the question, right? Are you against the University of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC? I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily against it because they're probably going to end up making more money. And I think go, you know, with money, go, go get as much as you can, but it's, uh, it's, it's going to be weird because now everyone's going to start criticizing Clemson for playing too easy of a schedule. And it's going to be, Oh my gosh, Clemson needs to go to the sec to, you know, mean anything. So I I understand the move, but it's, I feel like it's going to, if they move to the sec and successfully do it now, all the pressures on Clemson to, to do the same. And I don't, I like the ACC. I, (laughs) He's <laughs> closer to home for me, and I had to go to ACC games. So, I don't know. That, that's me. What about you? What do you think? So, the funny thing is, one, when you mentioned easy schedule, that, that you know, brought me back to something. My One of my best friends passed away um, this year, and him and I used to go back. He was a huge Alabama fan, right? And him and I used to go back and forth because he's like, oh, man, Alabama is the best. Alabama is the greatest. I was like, I would be, too, if I played such an easy schedule. A lot of people don't look at that. Alabama has played some really easy schedules, some really one non-conference and then two when they get into the conference. Nobody really gives them a challenge because the SEC is top heavy. They're 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 very top heavy. And then when you start getting down to the bottom, I'm talking about it on both sides. It's like, man, they're just like everybody else. They're just like the bottom of the Pac-12, the bottom of the Big Ten, the bottom of the Big 12. And so I'm happy about it because, one, I'm a University of Texas fan, and I love pissing off Aggies. I love pissing off Texas A&M. <laughs> they are the biggest criers right now. That's because when they were in the Big 12, Texas owned them then. Now their AD is saying, we don't want uh, – we want to be the only team to represent the SEC in, in Texas. And, I, and I'm like, why? Because you know what's going to happen once – uh, UT and OU comes there, they're going to make y'all. And they and they haven't been good. They've been there since, two, since 2012. They've never won a conference championship. They've never been to a college football playoff. The best year they had was 9-1, and one, and that was during a COVID year. And so you're still going to be the stepchild. Where I like it for the SEC, and if I'm the SEC, the only people that I'm listening to is Nick Saban. Coach Saban is the only one that can tell me we're not going to do this. Other than that, everybody else be quiet. You know why? Because let's just take away football. UT hired a new coach, new basketball coach. They have a really good basketball program. That brings eyes to the SEC. The baseball team brings eyes to the SEC. The golf team is really good. Softball, swimming. Like the, the athletic program for the University of Texas is going to represent the SEC. And now you got bragging rights, you got bragging rights in other things besides football. So I'm all for it. And I just like to see Aggie fans cry. <laughs> all good. All good points. And I, can't, I don't think any of us can argue that point there. <laughs> Aggie fans and Gamecock fans. I, I hate Gamecock fans with a passion. Screw University of South Carolina. Clemson all the way. So 
Because Spurrier. Because Spurrier. That and it's our it's our rival. We'll, we'll end up playing them at the end of the end of the year because uh, we're like two hours from Clemson. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm not a huge South Carolina <laughs> fan either. So screw them, screw the Aggies, and uh... we got a chance to uh, interview one of the wide receivers who I think he got drafted out of Clemson, T. Martin's son. I can't think of his name. Uh... I, I can't remember his name right now, but oh my god, we got a chance to interview him on In the Trenches, and it was amazing. And before I get off here, I want to make sure I say shout out to Indy Kalu and Chris Gordy. You know, Indy Kalu, that that he's my guy, man. He's like my really good friend. I always tease him because I feel like I was like your mind changed and switched up when you were in Philly. That's why you wear black Air Force Ones. You always want to fight, right? <laughs> and shout out. To Chris Gordy, because I always get up under his skin. Listen, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say it myself here, but you end up taking it. So, but if you guys want more big sarge, I'm telling you, I don't believe me. The man is everywhere. I'm gonna start here first on Twitter. You guys can see Big Sarge Media LLC at Big Sarge Sports. So follow him just like we do. And and listen, the tweets. They come. I told you. I I think he sleeps. Honestly, got it for about five seconds before he starts off all over again. Because all kinds of stuff goes on. The same way, if you guys end up looking at Big Star Sports, and I, I will come back here so everybody can see the actual homepage on his website. And, and by the way, Big Star, shout out to you because that, that's a great looking website, man. Hey, thank mm-hmm. you. Shout out to my boy Keith. He put that together. Hey, hold on, right there. You see that right there where it says Big Star interviews? Yep. You know what he's saying right there? What's that? Mike, I mean, not Mike Wilbon. Um, Tony Kornheiser saying, Big Sar, uh, shout out to Big Sarge, the world's oldest millennial. I'll tell you that story another time. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it, it sounds good to me. But if, if you guys, again, if you go back here to the top, if you guys go to the podcast, again, the man is busy because you can see Sports Talk with Big Sarge on Anchor FM. And, and that line that I, I absolutely love where it says, I speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And oh, I make people mad in the process. That's a great yeah. one. And if that isn't enough, hold on, wait, there's more. Because here he is, Sports Talk with Big Sarge. Tune in live Thursdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4. I mean, you can't – Is when do you have time to breathe? That's what I want to know. So, it, so, so here's the thing. So, uh, you know, full, full, full disclosure, one of the reasons why I, I work so hard and I grind so hard is not for me. It's because I'm trying to reach a certain point to whereas I can help others. I don't the, I don't care about fame and fortune for myself. The only reason I want fame and fortune is so I can help, you know, people who have grind who are grinding or grinding like myself and they be they need to use me in my name. And I know that they're genuine and they're going to, you know, they're trying to get on. All they need is a hand. So I keep pushing because I feel like I'm the one that's going to have to walk through the door in order to be like, okay, how much you need to get your your podcast off the ground and your studio and your mics and this, that and other. Okay, let's make that happen. Or, hey, look, I'm going to be on this show. I'm going to bring you on. You come on with me, sit next to me so we can get eyes on you. What you got? Let me retweet it. You know, or bring me on to your platform so I can help others. I, it has never been, you know, like my, like I said, my late, my wife passed away in 2017 uh, from colon cancer. And she used to always say that my story is that I'm going through this cancer situation because she passed away before she turned 40. She said, mm-hmm. my, my story is for somebody else. My story 
is to help someone else. And as believers, we are we we you know we were believers in Christ, and we would say that Christ sacrificed Himself for others. And so that's how I look at it. I'm a walking, living sacrifice in order to be able to help somebody else. I, for me, it does not, you know, it does not matter one bit, but if I get the joy, there's a, there's a guy that co-hosts with me. His name is young Cody. He graduated from Texas Southern university, 21 years old, very, very, very sharp kid. Very, very knowledgeable. Oh, he's a 76ers fan too. Die hard. I give him issues about that all the time, but He's one of those guys who graduated salutatorian from his college, radio and television. He wants to do this. I bring him on the show. He co-hosts with me. And we, we do it together and we go back and forth. But I get joy knowing that I'm helping him. So that's why I grind so much. That's why my wheels turn so much because I'm always thinking, hey, what else can I do? What else can I do? Because something is going to happen. They're going to be like, oh, got it. Here we go. So I can help others. No, listen, and, and I feel you as far as when it comes to honest, honest to God because – it's the same way here. It, it started with, with 12 years in a dream, and, and thankfully that dream is coming to reality. And because, you know, guys like you, Big Sarge, and Sean Salisbury, who's been on with us before, Derek Gunn, Tony Bruno, I mean, we've had guys on here that, that thanks to them, that they had the, the availability at the time to come on with us so they can share in our vision the same way. That's why I, I brought on Nick Lisi because, again, he, even though he's, you know, I, we do this for free because we don't get paid for this, but we do it because we love and we have fun. But the same way, if we can help out Nick, move on to somewhere big, whether, you know, if, if it, you know, if it's the Hawks, if it's anywhere where he can get that exposure where he can see why, well, he was on a, on a podcast and we can do something good for him within our company. That's my big goal right now is to make sure that, that Nick gets somewhere in his young career as he's in a sophomore year at Clemson, because Ryan and myself were kind of over the hill, but we still love what we do. Um, but even with Nick, I just hope that things come into, Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> that, that things work out for him. Hopefully the way I envision it, because when I spoke to him just a couple months ago, he came on. And as I told him, none of us get paid for this. We have our sponsors and the sponsors pays for little things that, that we need to make the show as far as going. But I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you because it starts out with a vision and a dream and the hopes of that people that you meet and network along the way end up helping you out. And with Goose, and I, I want to bring back his comment here for a second, because he said, thank you for your service to our country. And Goose is a, it has a special partnership with us that we're working side by side, and he's going to be starting his own show here momentarily. But if And Ryan put that together with, with Goose. So we're very, very fortunate of where we are right now, and we hope to continue to grow. And those who want to grow with us, it would be an absolute dream. So and, and you and I, this won't be the last time, obviously, that we'll end up talking because I, um, it, well, can, you, can you top episode 69 though? I'm like, yo, I like this is the perfect <laughs> for me. I'm like, what? That's my ep- I got it yeah. now. And, yeah. like, when yeah. you said sophomore in college, you introduced Ryan and then you said that we all, I think you said we also have a sophomore. You think, or you said sophomore. And I was like, wow, Ryan decided to go back to school at a late age, huh? <laughs> I get it. But let, let, let me make this pledge. Let me make this pledge to you all right here, right now. So, like I said, I do my show, Sports Talk with Big Sarge, from 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, every Tuesday and Thursday on Raise the Praise 100. It's an online radio show, right? And I stream it as well. I, will, I, I, I would like to ask you all, while I'm here, and make this pledge to Nicholas, if he can, once college football starts, I would like to have you on once a week so we can talk some ACC and talk some college football, but definitely some, some, some ACC talk. I want to know where Clemson is headed. I want to know 
why Dabo Sweeney don't want players to get paid, but he still said, God bless you. Hey, that, was <laughs> that was a misquote. That was a misquote. That was a misquote. <laughs> so, you know, I want to, so I'm, I'm making that pledge to you. If you have the time, you let me know. I, I would love to have you on once college football season starts. I would love to have you, you on as an analyst, you know, an ACC analyst, because I got a really good friend that went to, that played fullback at Florida State that really doesn't like Clemson. So, <laughs> Big Sarge, thank you so much for that opportunity. We'll definitely have to discuss off air about it, and uh, I'd, I'd love to take that, take advantage of that. All right, thank you all for having me on too. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Big Sarge. Appreciate it. All right, all right. not a problem whatsoever. And and again, everybody, if if you didn't get enough, again, Big Sarge Media LLC. Also, again, BigSargeSports.com. Uh, in the trenches with Andy Kalu, as he mentioned, there's Andy himself right there. And if you guys go to Sports Talk 790, again, you'll see the entire lineup of Sports Talk 790. Great radio station out there in the Midwest. And, and I'm already at work early in the morning, so I get to hear all those fantastic shows leading up even after in the trenches. So a big shout-out as well over to, uh, like I said, Goose's um, Tobacconist, because that's the studio that these guys have set up. And, and uh, again, they did such a fantastic job. And if you guys are looking to rent some studio time, by all means, go to Goose's Monte Cristo Lounge and Tobacconist on Facebook. So you guys reach out to Goose and let him know exactly what's going on and what you need for a special event. Also, TampaJoes.com. Tampa Joe's here at 9316 Anderson Road in Tampa, Florida. You guys want great food, some serious food, and a fun place to go to. Go visit Tampa Joe's, and thanks for everyone on Tampa Joe's Facebook for watching tonight, along with everyone on IGTV. We do appreciate it. And the last one is LG Direct, as we said, the LG Direct Sales Solution Studios. If you guys need payment solutions, credit card terminals, make sure you reach out to Larry Gilman, who's become just a great friend of the show. LGDirect.net for all your credit solutions. And again, Big Sarge, thank you so much for coming on with us. We had so much fun with you. Thank God all the technical stuff got taken out and out early. So that's yes. a great thing. And 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 be, just because just because you're here tonight, one more time, I'll end it with this. Even though I have to suck it up for the Eagles. And the only thing else I got to say is, how <laughs> So to everyone else tonight, thank you for tuning in. Big Sarge went on there for a second. Everyone, we will see you all live come next week, next Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Everyone, enjoy your weekend.